House of Cards season three is now over, but we're just getting started here on House of Cards, the post-show recap, chapter 39 edition. And now here are the two guys who just picked up a van and some ether and some bleach and a shovel and are ready to put this season in the ground. I'm Rob Sister, and here with me in person is Zach Brooks. Hey, Rob. How's it going? It's going good. Zach, how are you? I'm leaving you. You're leaving me. Yeah. You're leaving me. Why? Well, because the season's over. Yes. Well, we are ready to get going here, and we are in person. Um, I don't know what the Venn diagram is of people who listen to this podcast and people who listen to my other podcasts on Rob has a website and Rob has a podcast. But uh, for those of you guys who are in the middle of that Venn diagram, which I think is a good portion of this audience, they know uh, what we're doing here in New York, that we're doing a live Survivor podcast on Wednesday, March 11th. Uh, but for those of you guys who don't know, yeah, that's what, that's what we're doing. And Zach is here to attend the show tonight. And we are coming to you live from the Chelsea area in Manhattan. Coming to you live from your Airbnb. Yes, from an Airbnb. And we are ready to talk about season. We've never podcast in person before. So this is a first. This I'm is checking a, this off the bucket list. A this monumental event. We have, a, we have a, somebody here who's watching, the, who's supervising the podcast. Yeah, this is a, what is it? Content, uh, content editor. Yes. Uh, quality control. Quality control. Brendan is doing uh, quality control. So uh, very happy to have somebody here in person with us also. Yeah. Yes. And he, he's not going to post any spoilers before this episode drops. Though I like to think of him as like our Meacham to uh, <laughs> be if anybody tries to shut the podcast down, he's willing to take a bullet for us. Oh, okay. Not like there's three of us. No, and he's our no, no, that, not that more the professional version of Meacham, not the recreational version of Meacham. And boy, do we have lots to talk about here in chapter 39. Yeah. Uh, can we just give Kevin space? 39 chapters. <laughs> one president <laughs> yeah two guys two three <laughs> meachums okay so how are you doing zach i'm good I, I so i watched that last scene three times twice before i came over here and then once with you while you were watching it and uh i want kevin spacey to get the emmy immediately that was amazing that was great that was fantastic better than uh, Underwood and Dunbar, better than Underwood and Jackie Sharp. No Jackie Sharp and Remy in the finale. No, nothing. That, that tawdry scene that I was so critical about in <laughs> chapter 38, that was the end of the uh, end of the line for uh, Remy and Jackie. We're going to have to wait a year to see what happens with them. We closed the book on that. Anyway, so I'm glad that you're here today. I was a little worried about you last night. I don't know uh, how much of this you recall, but I was uh, referring to you as uh, Doug Stamper quite a bit uh, last night when we were when we were out. I believe that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I was saying uh, to a lot of people, uh, please, I have to apologize for Doug Stamper. Uh, Doug, now, come on. You've had too much to drink. Uh, I, I have a cane. I'm just like walking around with my cane, <laughs> hitting people with it. Yes. Yes. So, so uh, I was a little worried about my chief of staff, but uh, you've made it. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. And chief of staff, I like that title. Take yeah. It. How are you holding up today? I'm good now. It's been a couple hours. Okay, Tomorrow good. Right. 
Yeah, ready, you, ready to break this episode you down. You bounce back fast like Doug. Yeah, I have a lot of experience. <laughs> you didn't wake up this morning, nobody hit you over the head with a rock? No, somebody, something happened to my lip. I don't know if somebody hit me in the face <laughs> or if I Rachel. walked into something. Oh, there it, it is. Was, yeah. <laughs> it was Rachel. My life really is paralleling Doug Stamper right now. It's not good. Okay, well. I should call my brother. All right. Let's, let's talk about our top story at this hour. Uh, Claire Underwood has walked out on Frank, and we are left going into season four with the state of the Underwood Union being one in incredible disarray, a fracture. Oh, Claire. I compared her to Skylar White in our last podcast. Yes. She's worse than Skylar White. Worse than Skylar White. Oh, I, she's just being so difficult. She's so short-sighted. <sighs> well, again, it's hard to... I, I feel like this is a conversation I would have with my, with my own wife where uh, I, you know, would have a disagreement with her and I say that, you know, but it doesn't make sense. And she says, well, you know, it, if it makes sense to me, then it makes sense. And I think it might be a little hard to put ourselves in Claire under like, sure. From a third person point of view, why would she walk out on the white house? But I think this, this is a complicated woman in a complicated relationship. And I feel like, you know, we've talked about a lot about, uh, Carmela Soprano and Skylar White and uh, yada, yada, yada. But I feel like of all of these women characters that we're talking about, that I think Claire Underwood is the strongest willed of any of these women. And I think where we talked about where Carmela Soprano was able to be bought back by um, a spec house and Skylar White is able to like, but look at all this money. You know, she's able to sort of come to terms with it. I'm not sure. I, while Frank is saying like, like, look at everything we have here, Claire. Uh, I think that maybe there is no amount of money that is willing. Like the only thing that maybe she would accept is I will fo- help. I will follow your passion. It's your turn. There's only one chair in this office and it's your turn to sit in it wherever you want to go with this. I will follow you. And short of that, I don't think that she's willing to continue on with this charade. Yeah, I think, you know, if I was in Claire or if I was in Frank's position, I would be saying, just wait four years. Give me the next four years or five because he's got, you know, we have one more year of his current term. Give me give me these next five years. When these five years are done, it's your turn. And then we will go and then it's your turn to start building your career. I'm you know, I'm the former president like Frank didn't really broach that. And I don't know, maybe with Claire, she doesn't want just power. Maybe she wants, you know, we talked a lot about with Doug, like power versus freedom. Um, and so maybe Claire just wants her freedom, but I just think she's being incredibly short-sighted. Well, there was a lot of color theory alive in this episode. Oh yeah. Quite a bit, which you were the first one to really key on to in this, in this conversation i'm sure other people probably have yeah probably before, probably right? but as far as our conversations go and there was a lot of claire underwood in all black uh we saw a return of the black egg yeah as well big return big return for the black egg and so what did you take away from all of this well i thought you know it was really interesting claire was in all black for the whole episode but there was a scene where she's in front of the mirror yes holding up a white dress in front of her which I thought was really interesting. Um, I mean, you know, we saw them both hold the black egg at one point during that last scene, and uh, we had a lot of the the black egg just kind of being passed back and forth. Um, and and we see Claire with in the 
in the tub too, and her hair looks like it's back to dark. It's just kind of pulled back. So, um, yeah, I think you know, she is she is taking her power, yeah, taking her ball and going home with it. Yes, and so now we are left with Claire Underwood is going to divorce Frank. Where do you think we pick, or she's at least separating from Frank? Where do you think we pick up in season four? Is it, do we pick up like right after this? Do we pick up like New Hampshire primary now? Again, the time jump that this is going, unless we're going to have in, you know, chapter 40, are we going to have some sort of a like catch up like we did in the first chapter from this season where we ended up, I forget where we ended time wise. I think it was like maybe like a six month time jump. It would be a little bit crazy to have, you know, six months of, you know, as Frank Underwood does, is he now, has he now lost to Dunbar for the, um, in the, what do you call this? The, 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 the caucuses, the, the nomination. Yeah. Has he lost the nomination? Oh, to, you think he's going to lose the primary? Well, I don't, I think that they've said, they've made a big point about how his biggest strength is Claire. If she has left him, uh, if he is like barely beating out, he's the incumbent and he's barely beating out Dunbar in Iowa. Then without Claire, what does he have? Does he lose to Dunbar? No, I, I think he wins. I think the whole next season is going to be about the election. So this season was about a year. I think the next one is probably going to go January to November, and we're going to end. Maybe we end actually. Maybe we end in January with his, um, with his like with him being inaugurated. I don't. I mean, I guess like you get reinaugurated if you're the incumbent. Yeah. Um. So I could see that being next season. We had one person early in the season. I don't remember who it was. They tweeted at us about how. Um, each episode or each season is 13 episodes. Yes. And so four seasons is going to be 52, which is a deck of cards. Mm-hmm. So is this going to complete the story? Are they going to do 52 episodes, a deck of cards, and that's going to be next season is the last season? It could be. It could be. I'm not sure exactly um, if that's where they're going with it. I mean, have they said that this story is over in four seasons? No, they haven't. But I, I like that as a, you know, as a good metaphor and, you know, without jokers, 52 <laughs> cards, no jokers. Okay. Just us. <laughs> what are the jokers? Like deleted we're the scenes? Jokers, uh, we're, yeah. the, we're the two jokers yeah. of House of Cards? Yeah. So I am very interested to see wh- how they're going to approach the next season of if we'll get like a time jump and see what life is like for Frank separated. But I can't imagine that he'd win the general election going through a messy public separation from his wife. Yeah, I do not know how I mean, they could you this. imagine like if Michelle Obama like walked out on Barack Obama on like it would just be insane. Um I mean, and again, we the, the Clintons are always such a better parallel. By the way, does George Bush exist? Does George W Bush exist in the House of Cards universe? I think we've seen his portrait um, in the White House. Like, I, I remember seeing portrait of Clinton. Um, so does the House of Cards timeline be that, okay, so George W. Bush at the end of 2008 is just like that Barack Obama doesn't exist and Walker was the Barack Obama and that he became the president in 2008. And, uh, or sorry, actually, no. So maybe did Obama, because oh, Walker became president in 2012, right, in the House of Cards universe? Yeah, I think so. So what happened? Did John McCain did John McCain win in 2008 and then Walker beat John McCain in 2012? Well, isn't and Walker then, Yeah, Walker's a Democrat. Yes. So so Walker beat Obama in the primary maybe? <laughs> what? What happened there? Uh so the, the, that 
I don't know. I guess in this, the timeline is different that I guess uh, Obama doesn't exist. There is no Obama. Only Zool. Only Zool. There's some, there's some of our listeners that are like, oh, hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> and other people are like, what? <laughs> and that's, it's a, you know, the country is divided. It's very divided. Very divided. So Obama doesn't exist. John McCain became president or did a different fictitious person become president in like, do they ever say what number president Frank Underwood is? No, I don't think they have. Okay. Cause we have to figure, figure this out unless is Walker isn't in his second term. No, I don't think, cause I don't know how that works. If Walker's in his second term and Frank took over, does it, wouldn't Frank inherit that being the second term? No, I don't think so. No. I don't think that that would, that's not a transitive property there. I don't think so. Maybe, right. maybe Johnny D. Silvera can tell us, but I don't <laughs> think that's, that's the case. So that's interesting to sort of figure out. So, but we know there is no Obama in the house of cards universe. No Obama, no Obama. And so again, this is just going back to the, if Claire was to leave him, like just like, the TMZ of all of this oh, would just insane. be insane. And there would be no overcoming it. And he would lose all the women voters to Dunbar. Like he would lose the nomination to Dunbar. Yeah. I just, especially during this episode, I was, I root for Frank and I've really realized the last couple of episodes. I, I really do root for Frank because well, you're a horrible person. Yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. And you identify with him. Yeah. I, I think I'm just a sexist guy. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can certainly understand where Frank is, is coming from, but I think that his rise to power that he has neglected, you know, the person who has been his partner in all of this and he's been sort of blinded by, you know, exactly what he wants and has not really been paying attention to what Claire wants. And so he gave her what she wanted and she didn't do a good job. What did she do? She wanted to be UN ambassador. Mm-hmm. She wasn't very good. She got fired. Yeah. Well, she couldn't get it on her own. So yeah. the problem is that I'm not sure how much of a realist Claire is. And maybe we ultimately see a la Carmela Soprano of what this is going to be like for Claire Underwood out there in the world on her own without Frank Underwood. However, I feel like with the, I feel like the, with the celebrity that she, the celebrity status that she maintains right now, I feel like the world will be very receptive to a divorced Claire Underwood. So the timing works out pretty well. Could Claire Underwood be the first guest on the new Stephen Colbert late night show? Uh, no, because <laughs> the timing that you're, you're off on the timing because oh, okay. that the Stephen Colbert show will have already been on the air for four months at the p- time where Claire Underwood, now maybe could she be a guest on Meredith Vieira? I think so. Oh, it could be uh, February sweeps. February, February sweeps. Yeah. A sit down with, you know, with whoever would probably go for a lot of money. Yeah. So what is next for Claire Underwood? If she, if she does remain separated from Frank, where does she go? I think she's going to Yates. We saw a little bit of Yates in this episode. Going to Yates for what? Get her story out there. I think she, I think she wants to bury Frank. She's leaving Frank. I think she wants to ruin Frank. Does she want to ruin Frank? I feel like she wants to do her own thing, but I don't know necessarily. And I feel like that she won't come off. Like, I feel like that would be at the cost of her own political aspirations to come out and bury Frank. I, don't, I just think that she, she wants to tell what happened. She wants to tell her side. Nobody's ever heard her side. She's had to be this blonde figurehead. So she's probably changing her hair color first. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think she's, she wants to get out there. Can I make a, another comparison theory and you tell me if you buy this or not? Do you think Claire Underwood 
and her walking away from everything, the safety and security of being the first lady. Is this not akin to Frank Underwood ripping up the entitlement programs of the United States social security and basically this safety net that people have had for all of this time, uh, a nest egg, if you will. Oh, eggs. And when you turn 65, you get social security, you get all of these entitlements. Does Claire in fact say to herself that I am entitled to nothing. I have to walk away from this safety net and be able to go out into the world on my own. And I'm not going to play it safe and just be like the doting wife anymore. I'm going to go out there and, you know, this is my own America works of I'm going to go out there and, you know, make my own safety net. So she's going to go out there and get her hands dirty, like work in a garden or kitchen. (laughs) Yeah, the the Freddy thing really came did not go anywhere this season. No, not much. <laughs> I kind of like Freddy just as like you like having him in the mix. Hey, hey how you doing, Frank? Yeah, you know, like, hey there, Freddy. How's it going out there in the garden? Just trimming hedges and uh, planting flowers and stuff. Yes. So now look, Freddy. Uh, we're gonna get rid of all the tulips around it. We don't need any of those anymore from now on. You got it. Yeah. So. Claire Underwood on her own is going to be uh, fascinating for me to watch. And I, I actually, I feel like I've heard from people, like I, I've seen people on Twitter say they, they didn't like the ending. I actually do like the ending for this episode and, and this season. I feel like for Frank, just like uh, going through all of these political battles, I feel like he's, he, we've seen that nobody can beat him at this game. But the one area which is a blind spot for him, I guess, is the personal relationships. And it is, I think, interesting to see him at this crossroads of that he can always figure a way out of this, out of these problems politically. But now let's see him get out of this. Yeah, I, I, uh, I definitely think when we were watching that last scene, you know, you can see Frank, Frank is weak to Claire. It is his one weakness. It's his one true weakness. Well, he walks in the room in that scene and she is sitting in the chair. She's sitting in yeah. the, at, at the desk. Talk about a, talk about a uh, symbol of power. That was impressive. Um, and we end the season. The last word of the season is Claire. Yes. Frank says Claire and she just keeps walking and we don't, there's no other dialogue the rest of the season. Yeah. So is that saying like next season is going to be more about Claire <laughs> than this season? Spinoff. House yeah. of Claire. Uh, how's, yeah. yeah, that last scene uh, was so good. I was trying to, you know, take notes as much as fast as I could. I only got to watch the episode once before we ended up doing this podcast. Um, but, you know, they end up talking about how, you know, it's you, you make all the decisions. Uh, it makes me ill that you make all of these decisions. And it made her ill that um, she couldn't get the confirmation on her own. And then we did see her throw up. And we said, oh, is that morning sickness? Oh, I didn't even put that together, yeah. Yeah, we saw her throw up at that moment. Uh, and then we get the, a little bit of explanation of why that is that made her, her ill. Uh, she says, I don't recognize myself. Yeah, and we, we saw... So I really loved this scene because it pulled together a lot of themes that we've played with this whole season. The yeah. black and white, the sickness, we talked about the sickness. There was an episode where there was a lot of reflections and people looking. I think it was Frank um, gave a monologue where he was looking at his reflection. Yes. And, and we saw Claire in this episode looking in the mirror 
and she, so she doesn't recognize her own reflection. So we pulled together uh, a lot of the themes that we played with this season. So that I, I, that was one of my favorite parts of of that whole scene. I mean, and that that scene it was it was like a ten minute long scene. I feel like mm-hmm. it was pretty long. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Was that, what did you ask? I don't remember what the question. No, I'm just I'm just going ask? through that scene and, and and taking a look at my notes. Uh, one of the things that she talks about is and another one of the the odder moments from the episode is she takes a bath, okay, and she gets out of the bath and she says. I want you to F me. Is that what she is? That what, I want to find the, the line in, in my notes. I make sure this have, have this right. Right. When she take, after she takes the bath. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at that as well. Uh, yeah. I want you to F me, Francis. I want it rough. Whoa. Or maybe she didn't say I want it rough. Maybe I just wrote down. She wanted it rough. <laughs> uh, but when she's in the, when she's in the tub, she ducks under, like she does like, it's almost like a suicidal thing. Like she kind of buries herself in the water. Yes. Um, she slaps him in the face. I want you to be rough with me and look at me while you do it. Now, now again, he, he turns her around and he's, he's on board with this. As long as he can turn her around, he can't look at her in the, in the eye. He can't look at her in the face. And she's like, no, I want you to look at me. And he can't do it. And that's when he walks away and he says, uh, and he calls and says, uh, you know, I'd like to arrange a room for the first lady. Why? Why can't he look at her in the face? She's his weakness. She's his Achilles heel. Now, we saw the one time they had sex earlier this season. She was on top. Yeah, she was the dominant one in that. Yes. Um, But this is where she wants him to be the dominant person. And I feel like that there's like an interesting you know, struggle here of that, you know, she wants Frank, uh, Frank, she talks about how she wants him to be dominant with her, but then also he doesn't really understand where, why he's like, well, I'm telling you what to do and you don't want that. You know, you don't want to listen to me. I tell you to get on the plane. You don't want to get on the plane. Uh, it's like, uh, Claire wants a uh, a man in the streets, but a freak in the sheets. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, lady in the street, but a freak in the bed. Yes, yeah. No, that's. It's almost like she wants Frank to be dominant in the bedroom. But she's never expressed that interest before this episode. I think for Claire, like this goes to her short sightedness. She can't. It's like it's one or the other. It's it's black or white with Claire, mm-hmm. um, and she can't. She doesn't see shades of gray. Uh, she needs to see fifty some, shades of gray. I mean, there's forty nine more shades of gray that she can look at. I feel like this is typically a uh, a gender reversed role where there are men who want to be. Uh, you know, go to like a dominatrix, like powerful men that go to a dominatrix, mm-hmm. like, cause they want to, they're, you know, they don't want to make all these important, they make important decisions all the time. And then they want like in the, uh, in their sex lives, they want to have somebody whip them and tell them what to do. It's almost like Claire has this where she wants to be domineering in the real world, but then she wants somebody to just like ravage her. Uh, and I wonder if that's what she was getting with the photographer. I didn't seem like, I mean, maybe it, it, we never really saw that. I yes. Guess. I wonder. And he, he said, well, uh, then you should have stayed home and married the prom King. If that's what you wanted. And he's like, well, at least I would know where I stand. Prom queen. Yes. I mean, every, every example of sex we see in this show is so much more. I mean, we got that in the first up in the first season where they said, you know, sex isn't about sex. It's about power. And we got so much sex 
in this season that meant something. You know, like we have Claire on top of Frank. We had um, we had Jackie Sharp having sex to to get that engagement moving forward. We had a lot of sex that meant something else this season mm-hmm. and and throughout the, the whole show. Claire says we used to make each other stronger. And she says, I'm weak and small and I can't stand that feeling. Yeah. I mean, it seems to me like Claire is not happy with herself more than she's not happy with Frank. Mm-hmm. And Frank says to her, then what is the goddamn alternative? She didn't give one. And he says, the white house is not enough for you. And she says, no, it's you. That's not enough. And then there was probably a good, like 30 seconds of just, silence like yeah when i was watching it the first time i was like wait did my internet go out like this is not a good time <laughs> you're always thinking the internet went out oh, yeah, internet or tv or something <laughs> i don't know and frank was the one holding the black egg at that point yeah and i i was when i watched it again i was wondering if claire picked up the black egg at the end of that discussion because she you know she really does at the end of the season have the power she holds all the cards in her hand house of cards yeah i mean exactly if she if she walks out on frank like you're right like frank might not win this nomination because of her um even though frank says when we lose it'll be because of you yeah no um let me i'm glad you brought that up uh frank says and again i don't have everything here but he says basically when we lose because of you there'll be no nothing no plan no future we will only be has-beens and you will amount uh to uh and you want to amount to something and here is the brutal effing truth uh and you can hate me uh but without me you are nothing yeah and so again we pull in you nothing know, we, we talked about themes you get nothing you are nothing we talked about themes in this in this scene and again we pulled in another theme from this season which was legacy um like that's i just thought this scene was so perfect to wrap up the season i thought it was the perfect way to end the season i almost wish there wasn't the scene after where she walked out i wish it would have just ended with this fight mm-hmm. um i thought that would have been like the really good bow on the end of the season but i think it's you know really clear at this point like that woman who talked about smothering that baby uh and in yates's book about how the they have no children and the only child of this of this union is this legacy she has essentially taken that pillow and smothered the legacy that they have built together. She's walking out on a 20 plus year, what they, whatever they've built, you know, she's basically like taking a gas can and taking a match and lit the whole thing up. Yeah. I mean, you know, stay together for the kids, right? That's what they say. That's what they say. But then when the kids are old enough to go to college, that's 20 years old, then you can, then you can walk away. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, and so against what she decided to do at the end of this season. I mean, but I, I, it's interesting, but I just think she made the wrong move. I mean, but Frank Underwood then takes her by the, by the throat and is like, you will, you will get on that plane tomorrow. And I don't care. You throw up on your own time. Uh, you'll, I, I will see you in New Hampshire and you're, and basically tries, you know, this is not Zoe Barnes. No, you know, he's not going to be able to intimidate Claire like that. And she walks away. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what Frank can do to get her back. Can he get her back? I don't know. Yes. Um, I mean, maybe the only way is by walking away from the presidency, yes. which is what you said in the last podcast. You said if he had to decide between Claire and the presidency. Whatever he's going to do, like the playing rough is not going to be the answer. No. You know, uh, I think if anything, he needs to disarm her with, you know, his charm. But even then, 
it, you know, I thought it was interesting that she's looking at the picture from the monks at the end of this episode. Yeah, I, I like that. What did you think was the significance of that? Yeah, I don't know. I thought she was going to look at that and be like, oh, yeah, Frank does love me and we can we can preserve this. This is, for, you know, because when Frank gave it to her, the note said, you know, like nothing is forever, but we are or something along the except lines. Except us. Uh, yeah, except us. Um, and so I thought maybe she was going to come to her senses and and we were going to have seen this big building scene and then she just goes to New Hampshire and she's back to being his number two. Mm. And we didn't see that. And and so I don't know what, you know, I don't know, the, the art, like maybe she's thinking about the art as something that was so carefully crafted for a long period of time and then just wiped away in a second. And that's what she's about to do. That's interesting. That's interesting. Um, and again, that whole thing with the art was from the episode where they were taking their portrait and about legacy and stuff and statues and stuff like that. So I wonder also if she feels like that was like a hollow gesture at this point. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a little hollow, but, um, it was nice. It was a really nice piece of art. I liked it. It was nice. It was <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, let's talk about the return of Yates here in this episode. Yeah, very um, briefly. The only, I mean, he's really the only uh, sub-character besides Doug and Rachel that we see in this episode. Mm-hmm. And he comes to the White House and she asks him to talk about what he saw when they were in New Hampshire. Yeah. And uh, she asked about, about when she passed out. Did you let said. me pass out? Yeah. And he's like, well, not exactly. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like when I came over here earlier and I was like, uh, Rob, what happened last night at this party? I, I don't remember. You don't remember? Um, <laughs> and you can tell me anything. And I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so as far as that goes, um, he says to her that she says that she hates how much they need each other. And she wants to know from Yates, do you feel like we are equal partners? Frank, her and Frank. Yeah. And really digging deep. It feels like to me that I thought that he said that they were. Yeah. I mean, I, he, and he's, and he said he wasn't on the clock. So, you know, he, he was just, didn't really have to answer her, but um, I mean, I, I thought he was more pointing her back towards Frank. I didn't think he was, he was poisoning the well with her. Yeah. I thought that like she I was going to come back to Frank after talking to Yates and saying that, wow, we are equals. But I wonder if she came away from that almost emboldened and saying like, yeah, we are equals. Like, uh, you know, I got to get mine. Oh, well, we're, you know, I, I have as much claim to this as he does. Yeah. So, so tell him what you want. Like tell Frank what it is that you want and get there. Like work together. Don't, he can't don't give it to her. Up. He can. I don't think so. He can give her anything he wants. I, he's the president. He can do whatever he wants. He could, if, if she wants something, he can make it a law and make, make whatever it is that she wants a law. I think what she wants ultimately is to be appreciated and have her own, her own thing. Like she doesn't want to be, you know, riding shotgun on Frank Underwood. She's tired of like, she wants her Claire Underwood 2016 i don't know again i don't is it the presidency that she wants i'm not so sure but i think what she wants is her own sovereignty of being able to to call the shots she whatever it is she wants to be the director yes i get it she wants to have her own thing she wants to be running the un or she wants to be you know the governor of something yeah and i mean like how about woodbury it's a Walking Dead. Uh, I was like, uh, sure. How about Uh, I mean, uh, also, what about just like Claire Underwood 2020? Just wait 
for four more years. Four more years. And you can do your own thing and you can have anything you want. Yeah. I mean, like, shut dying tomorrow, probably. Well. She might. I mean, I, I don't know how Frank solves this. I don't know how Frank solves this. Um, let's uh, switch to our other story because we are about 30 minutes into this podcast and we have not even said the R word yet. I, I'm good keeping that. <laughs> keep, okay, keeping that well, we have up. to talk about it because this was most of the episode here. It was the triumphant return of Rachel. Actually, not Rachel. Cassie. Cassie Lockhart. Lock that heart up. Lock it up. All right. Let's start off with Cassie Lockhart. What, what is the significance of the name Cassie Lockhart? I don't know. I, I, I was trying to think about that. I, mean, I guess she's had Doug's heart locked up. Um, I, I, I don't really know what the reference is, but she was also going by Lisa. Cassie Lockhart was the new name that she had gotten her identification for, but everybody in the house called her Lisa, hmm. which I thought was really interesting. So she's using Lisa's name. Yes. Um, so she is back and what, what is she in like some sort of like halfway house? What is that? Yeah, place? it reminded me of the house in Agent Carter. I don't <laughs> know if you've watched Agent Carter at all, but she lives in this house with all these women and like no men are allowed up there. And so Agent Carter gets in trouble because like the men that she works with sometimes are up there. Yeah. Um, remind me of that. Uh, but they, they share like a shower and like a bathroom. It doesn't look like great housing. I wouldn't yeah. want to live there. Okay. So, yeah, Cassie Lockhart, that is the new identity of Rachel. And uh, I guess Rachel's uh, original name was Sapphire. That was her uh, prostitute name. Oh, all right. (laughs) Sounds like a stripper. Yeah, so Cassie Lockhart, I feel feel like this is like one of these names, if you like unscramble it, it's like... uh, It's like an anagram? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Johnny DeSilvera, let us know uh, what you come up with (laughs) on Cassie Lockhart. And again, like there was some significance, I think, to the name being Cassie, that the guys like that make the fake ID was like, you don't want like Cassandra, you want that to be your legal name? She's like, no, it has to be Cassie Lockhart. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I noticed that too. I just don't know what it was... I'm sure there's some significance, uh, but that I don't know exactly uh, what it is. But we got to see Rachel. We got to see what she's doing. And then ultimately we saw Doug show up in the murder van. Uh, Yeah, that van. Like I almost feel like, you know how like if you like buy like a certain amount of like, like uh, uh, what's the stuff that you uh, use like Sudafed? Like, uh, like you get sort of like tipped off to the FBI. I oh, kind of yeah. feel like if you buy like a van and like a shovel and bleach, like I feel like you, that's just be like another thing. Like you have to like put your license down if you buy all those things at the same time. What's the what is the bleach for? Like cleaning out the van? I, I don't I don't know what the bleach. Yeah, is the, for. when when Rachel pees all over the van, he's got a <laughs> <laughs> the Rachel pee van. He was down with that though. I think yeah. he's he's all about that. But. That was the culmination of basically two seasons of the show. Was the payoff worth the ride? No, because we see them. We see them on the road. She's walking and Doug drives past. And you think Doug just let her go. Like It's like, oh, he like dropped her. I don't know. Shoot, there was you think Doug hit her with the car? I don't know. Like we didn't see. It was just like, then we see him burying a body. It was kind of even hard to tell if that was Rachel. I'm, I'm gonna Some go would say we buried the lead. Yeah, Tim completely buried the lead. <laughs> buried the story. No, but we gave, it was so much on Doug and Rachel this season, last season. I feel like this was uh, the weakest point of the show. Yeah, I mean, it, it was interesting because after the big Frank and Claire scene, we get 
Frank and Doug talking. And, mm-hmm. Doug, and, and I don't know if Frank knew where Doug had been or not. That's, that's an interesting question because of the stuff that we saw, like we saw from where Doug gave Frank the envelope and said that Rachel is dead. We never saw Doug tell Frank that Rachel isn't dead. You would think that would have been a thing. Right, yeah. you would think like uh, now, Doug. You told me that you took care of this. Now, now she's back out there. Like uh, I want you personally to go fly out to Santa Fe, rent a murder van, get a <laughs> shovel, get some bleach. You know what to do. Um, I mean, I mean, it's crazy to me that Doug like was out there. I mean, in this episode, Doug went to Caracas. Like, uh, what is he, Mike Ermintrout? Yeah, he's just going all over the place. <laughs> that he's going out and, like, he uh, beat the living piss out of that was, Doug. That was amazing. Uh, out of Gavin. Gavin, yeah. Then went from Caracas back to the U.S., went to Santa Fe, tracked down Rachel, bought a van, bought all the murder weapons, <laughs> st- like, staked out, slept in the van. I mean, how long was I mean, and he had to have told... Uh, President Underwood where he was otherwise he's probably like oh Doug's off on another bender right now in a very important time during the Iowa caucus yes Uh, yeah I I mean I I guess Frank was because when he came back Frank says are you good and Doug says I'm good now Um, and so you know it's it's interesting because we we see Frank get one of his soldiers back yeah full form like Doug Doug is full form now I bet you next season Doug won't even have the cane I think he'll be completely recovered from this whole thing Mm mm-hmm and he loses his general. I mean, it was like he traded a, a you know a pawn for a for a, a queen. I mean, so like you know, well, just, really, he lost his queen. Yeah, but he he gained a pawn back. But. <laughs> I think he, I, I'd say that Doug is more of a of a bishop or a rook. Yeah, that's probably, uh, that's, prob- that's probably about right. Yeah, I mean, we did see the chessboard a lot. I I, I do think that the that that reference is there. Yeah. Well, it's black and white. It's black and white. It's better than checkers. That would be kind of a boring reference. <laughs> but I really feel like, and I, I don't know, maybe with, this is polarizing. Maybe there are people who that really love this. I, I don't know if the juice was worth the squeeze on all of this Rachel stuff. And even the climactic moment that she's back. Um, and it kind of bums me out. I, I felt like I, I, I knew we were going to get some Rachel in this episode finally, because at one of the points where I Googled Rachel, I think maybe in our justice room, when I was trying to figure out what Rachel's last name was, I saw Rachel was credited for episode 39, but I thought maybe it might be like a flashback. Yeah. But, uh, so I knew that we were going to get some Rachel here, but we end up getting a lot of Rachel and ultimately we end up seeing it like going through, should I kill her? Should I not kill her? He ultimately does. And finally puts an end to the three season Rachel saga. Yeah. I, I, I hope we get Gavin uh, more. I, I really enjoyed Gavin this season and I, I love the scene between Gavin and Doug when Doug beats the crap out of Gavin with the cane. And I, I just hope, I hope we get more Gavin. I don't know if we will. I don't, I don't see a way that Gavin figures back into this show. No. Um, without it being just like way too coincidental, but I would like to see Gavin back on the show. Yeah, I don't know. I think that that's probably we're ready to move on from that. I don't see how we um, integrate him back into everything. And so now is Doug just back to back to normal? Do you think that there are there any hanging chads with the Rachel stuff? I think that's totally tied up. I I would hope so. (laughs) I am. I'm good on that front. Okay. Um, 
One of the things that I meant to say at the top of the show, which I did not, is I'd like to do a season three feedback show uh, and take questions from you guys uh, that we can like sort of like walk away from this, maybe do think about these things uh, a bit more and then do one feedback show. And I know sometimes like at the end of these seasons, like I say I want to do something and then I sort of forget. So Zach, I'm putting you in charge of making sure. Now, Zach, your your chief responsibility will be to make sure that we get the feedback show that the American people want. You're you're entitled to nothing, but I'm going to give you a feedback show. Feedback show works. Feedback show. My feedback show works. I'm going to do feedback for 10 million questions. 10 million. (laughs) All right. I'll uh, I'll block off the next year of my calendar. Block, block <laughs> off the next year. Yeah. Um, w- any other themes from episode thirty nine? Um, I really like that we open with uh, you know, when we see this Rachel music montage. Oh yeah. Um, you know, as much as I've complained about Rachel, I, I thought that was a good a good way that they did it because the music was in her headphones and she takes the headphones out and the music goes off. Yes. Um, and we see the traffic light in person. Yes. It's kind of like I'm looking at your bell in person. It's it's like no longer on screen. You know, it's, we're actually getting there. Okay. So I like that. Um, I was disappointed with Claire. Like we end the last episode with that cliffhanger of Claire saying we've lied to each other. Yeah. And then Doug, and then uh, Frank is like, what? And she goes, oh, uh, nothing. Don't worry about it. Well, yeah, I thought that was also interesting that we saw stuff in this episode that we'd seen previously. It was almost like they gave us like a little bit of like, uh, you know, previously on House of Cards. Yeah, you know? like callbacks. <laughs> I, I like that. Yeah, we went back in time a little bit. Okay, so real quick, who were the biggest snubs from chapter 39? Who did we not see that you wanted to see? We talked about Remy and Jackie not yeah. showing up. I would have liked them. Uh, Donald Blythe. We didn't get any Donald Blythe. No Seth. No Seth. I was all right with no Seth. Yeah. He's, he's just whatever. No Freddy. No, no Freddy. Um, very little Meacham. No, we yeah. don't get any Kate. Yeah, Kate, well, Kate uh, Bald- Baldwin. the Kate Baldwin thing was a total non-factor. Well, but it was the top story. We saw the headline, um, and Doug was looking at the headline, about, about that Ann Dunbar says... If Frank Underwood will lie about yeah, but the it death went nowhere. It went nowhere. That he still won the caucus. Yeah, but I mean, it could still come no back. Petrov. Yeah, no. Yeah, you're right. No Petrov. I mean, it was. In, it's very interesting to see a finale that focuses on so few characters. It's the opposite of what you usually see. Yeah, I mean, this was a show that had brought up a lot of different stories. I had a lot of different characters, but ultimately, at the end of the day, House of Cards told you there are two stories that matter in this whole thing, and it's one. Claire and Frank's relationship and Doug and Rachel. Yeah. I, <laughs> those, I pay no attention to anything else. Yeah. And we open and the, the caucus season. is sort of like that's sort of like backdrop. Background, yeah. But it's about Frank and Claire and it's about Rachel and Doug. And that's it. That was big. I mean, the, the premiere was a lot of Doug. Yes. So there, I mean, the creators of the show are really trying to hammer that home. This was the season Doug of Doug. Oh, see, it was. It was his comeback. It was a season of Doug and a season of Claire. Oh, you think you think it was the season of Claire more than a season of Frank? Well, I think that Frank is sort of the constant, but of the supporting characters, yeah, it, that's what that's what this is all about. Yeah, and I feel like where Claire's storyline was a frustrating one at times, like in the first season with all the stuff with her the photographer. Um, you know, I felt like I never was bored with the Claire stuff this season. Whether or not we agree with Claire Underwood's feelings about the matter, it's like she was not. Um, any part of the problem in season three. Yeah. No, I mean, um, she was, it was a good season for her for sure. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm interested where we go because yeah. we've seen on other shows, I'm thinking like, you know, um, on Mad Men and on Breaking Bad, we've seen the wife leave before. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it doesn't always amount to something. Um, so I'm curious if, if we just kind of, it's something that we have wrapped up in a couple episodes or if it's the whole next season is Claire gone. Like, does he get Claire back? And I know you don't think, you don't think he can get her back. I but. feel like it would be so similar. Like, I feel like they should have the balls to not make her come back. Yeah. And if that's what I'd like to see. If there is a show that's going to have the balls, it's going to be this one. Because I feel like we already saw the okay, separation and then get back together from the marriage, the, the vow renewal. Like, had they not done that beat, I would say, okay, season four will be, how do we get Claire back? But I feel like that we've already done that once. It feels like hollow to me to then do it again. Yeah. No, I mean, you're, you're probably right. Do you think we get some Frank Underwood dating in the next season? Ooh. Do you think he's already busted out the Tinder profile? Well, do you think does Frank Underwood, the fact that he could not look at Claire during that? I mean, we've talked about Frank Underwood's sexuality quite a bit. Do you feel like uh, this is that he is not sexually attracted to Claire because she's a woman? I mean, that's an interesting theory. I don't think it's that. I think it's... Is it that he can't look at her or that he's not attracted? Like, he could only, like, take her from behind. And uh, the fact that he is, like, a more traditional uh, male-female uh, coitus uh, that he's not interested in that sort of thing? No, because he didn't seem to have a problem with it with Zoe Barnes. That's true. Did we see... I mean, did we see him... Uh, I, I forget the, uh, Brendan is nodding. Yes. <laughs> yes. But again, body I got, control. See? Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, I feel like we, uh, we saw him giving her oral mm -hmm. and yes, uh, we did. And I, that's a, a kind of, He's, and, and he seemed like a, he was Pretty very skilled. Yes. Yeah. Skilled. Uh, he has good, uh, <laughs> he has a lot of game. Yeah. I mean, you know, he could, he could teach course. Yes. Yes. So do you we think also we see saw him dating a man? Do you think the sexuality comes back and we see him say she left me because I'm gay and now, I mean, maybe that's how they spin this. Whoa. That'd be interesting. I mean, that paints, that really paints Frank in a better light. If he says, if he, if he really plays up that, you know, I, you know, I'm a homosexual and I am attracted to men and this is my new boyfriend, Yates. I can't, uh, I, I know we've talked about that quite a bit this season. You know, Frank Underwood, uh, where, what state is he from? South Carolina. I just feel like as somebody who's, uh, you know, you know, his base of support is in the South. I feel like, uh, I don't know. It's, I, I mean, know. this is, you got to remember, we're, we're now in the future. We're in 2016. It's very progressive. It's a very progressive world. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I, the more I like think about this, and I know I just said it, it would be a good ago, spin. Yeah. It, it, I think this is how Frank spins this. Yeah. Now, Claire and I, we, we, we're not staying together anymore. And that's because now look, uh, I have very complicated feelings and I am, uh, uh, coming out of the closet and I am a homosexual. And so Claire and I are going to remain friends and we can't stay married. <laughs> I mean, maybe they have a better relationship, a better working relationship with yeah. your personal. It turns out that Claire was just my straight best friend. She was his beard. She, <laughs> she was, <laughs> she was, does that work? Is that, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. I think Frank I think and I are going to remain. He will continue to be my gay best friend. <laughs>
We've had 20 years of, of, of that. We're, we're going to stay together and uh, every woman needs a, a good gay friend. And that's what Frank is to me now. Yeah, I think, I think this is perfect. So instead of Tinder, maybe he should download Grindr. Grindr. Yeah. Now, I've, I've been on Grindr, and uh, it turns out that there are, you are entitled to nothing on this website. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like you're, I don't know. I've never used it. But, uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't, I have nothing on Grindr. Okay. <laughs> that's good, about like good a, cover. I good know. cover. <laughs> all right. we're talking about grinders like sandwiches. Yeah, like, I can talk all day about that. Yes. All right. There's an app to tell you what sandwiches are nearby. <laughs> what sandwiches are, are ready for your taking? Yes. <laughs> One other thing from the episode: the rowing machine. Yes. Triumphant return of the rowing yeah. machine. What is the significance of the rowing machine? So I mean, we. I thought you know, look, we're seeing Claire in a Frank Underwood power position. Yes. And I was happy to see the rowing machine. Um, it was also Claire trapped. She couldn't go for a run. She was a prisoner in her own house. Yes. Um, it was, it was, you know, we saw the rowing machine, I believe was it was, did we see it in season two at all? But I, I know we saw it in season one during Frank Underwood's initial rise to power and he broke it and he needed to get strong and he broke it. Yes. He, he rode so hard. He broke it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember if we saw it in season two at all. I don't think so because I think season one, we saw a lot of the rowing machine in season two, we saw a lot of the video games, I yes. believe. Okay. We didn't see any video. Well, we didn't see any. But Claire is uh, get, getting game. stronger. Yeah. She's getting strong. She's not going to be weak anymore. She's getting stronger. She's becoming more powerful and she's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. I think Frank is still more of a force. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't know. I, I worry a little bit about Claire's safety in the next uh, season. Hmm. I don't think they'd ever kill her off because she's a major character, but I wouldn't have thought they'd ever kill off Zoe Barnes. Who's stronger, Frank or Claire? Frank. Why? I mean, because Frank has so many resources at his disposal. Look at what he is able to do. Yes, but that comes with the, the position that he's in. He's currently stronger, but as, as a person, strip them of their power. When strip them of animals. their position. Yes, when they're just animals. That's what... Uh, that's what all of us are. We're, we are Frank Underwood. That's, yeah. Um... We saw earlier this season how Frank responds when the chips are down and he was on, lying on the floor. We saw how Claire responds when she, her back was against the wall. She uh, went for a run yeah. and, and, and she breathed the life back into Frank. She did. She created the monster. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Did you notice that um, Doug sleeping in the van? Did you pick up on that scene at all? What, what was that? He, well, he sleeps in the creep van and he sleeps like a vampire. He's just like on his back, straight as a board. Like, he, he, I don't know. I think Frank's a vampire. Or, uh, Doug's a vampire. All right. Let's go ahead and let's take some questions here from people. Of course, uh, send in your questions for the House of Cards feedback show that we're going to do. We'll do, uh, send those into House of Cards at Post Show Recaps. Well, timing will be a week, 10 days, something like that. Let me get back to, uh, to the studio. Let me try to catch up on some things and we'll, and we'll get back into that on our House of Cards feedback show. And we really will put a bow on all of season three. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to do it. I'm okay. excited for that. Here's a question from Drew. Drew says, hey, Rob and Zach. What do you think of the Doug and Rachel subplot this series? Did we gain anything this season or would we be at the exact same place had Doug killed Rachel at the end of season two and began season three with Doug spiraling out of control from guilt? Doesn't seem like there was anything new added by the storyline other than keeping uh, Doug from Frank and the White House. 
Well, we got Doug and the physical therapist. We wouldn't have gotten that had she not attacked Doug. Which I think was, you know, along with Doug and his family, uh, the lowest <laughs> points. The, that was my lowest. That was my 19% approval rating for House of Cards during all of that saga. Yeah, that wasn't that, wasn't that great. I, uh, I don't know. I, I like the physical therapist. I think because I think she's pretty attractive. So uh, I'm good with that. I would like to go to physical therapy. Otherwise, no, I really didn't go anywhere. It was kind of wheel spinning. That time probably would have been better spent with Jackie Sharp, uh, with Remy, with Freddie, um, or with Doug doing something else. But I don't know. We, we got to see Doug and Gavin, and I like Gavin. So, Okay. I've got a question from Johnny D. Silvera. Johnny. Johnny Severa wants to know, uh, would it have been better if Frank would have lost Iowa and had Claire filing for divorce? No, because I think it's, it's good that we see Frank at his highest of highs professionally uh, and his lowest of lows personally. I kind of like that. Okay. Um, but, you know, Iowa, I think Dunbar's in your camp. She's like, what's the big deal about Iowa? We got all these other states we can still win. So Yeah, I think if I'm Dunbar, I'm like, hey, look, we didn't beat the incumbent president here in Iowa, but this is my first, this is my first primary, my first caucus. We're going to go to New Hampshire and we're going to win in New Hampshire. And we're going to like, I mean, this is, we're just getting started. Yeah. And yeah. it was, I think she did say something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, this is this is Dunbar. The Iowa caucus is over, but we are just getting started here on the Dunbar 2016, the presidential recap. And now here's the lady who is going to bring back integrity to the Oval Office. What's what's her first name? Uh, Catherine Dunbar. Catherine. Kathy Dunbar. No, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what her. Oh, I'm like. Is. I, I, yeah. I, I'm worse than uh, the uh, Justice Chief, Jacobs. Justice Jacobs. <laughs> I can't even remember her name right now. <laughs> what did I come here to order? Yeah. No, Orange juice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That was Yates. We didn't get anywhere with the with the Yates amnesia plot either. Yes. I don't know. I had some orange juice this morning. That was good. Oh man. Vitamins. Uh, I think that Dunbar is uh, such a great name for for that character because it's so much fun. Like, uh, it's such a good Frank Underwood name, uh, Dunbar. Yeah, Mrs. Dunbar. Miss Miss Dunbar, you are uh, excused. Did we meet Mr. Dunbar? No, she mentioned, but she did mention in her speech. Uh, I want to thank my loving husband for all the support. Really rubbing it in Frank's face. Uh, <laughs> I, I liked when he gave his concession speech. He said, "Now I didn't go to some fancy ballroom like some people did." Uh, it's like ha 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 ha. He did it from. He stood on the table. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, I uh, I, I got to take that that next time I got to give a speech. Just stand on the table. I think that's a real power move. That is a power move. Yeah. Okay. Um. Look. Did you have any any I questions? A, I think I saw a couple. Let me pull up my email. Yes. Uh, Brendan, did you have a question in person? No. No question. No. Oh, no man. question in person. All right. Uh, this one's from Jason Riotmaker. He says, "I think the final episodes of season three felt more like season one and two. It was dark and gritty and left us hanging with Claire's departure. Too dark." I felt like, uh, at least as far as cinematically, like I was having oh, a hard I, time. I loved it, it in in the Doug in the van. Like, I, like were you? I had to, like turned the brightness on my <laughs> on my screen like all the way up to even make out what was going on. Yeah, I mean, there, it, that was like there wasn't anything going on in the van except Rachel peeing in the van. Yeah, the was, Rachel uh, P van. Yeah, the Rachel P van. Yes, uh, actually, and that's her uh, her last initial is P, isn't it? Oh, I think it is. Uh, where do you guys see season four take off? And is there any chance Frank and Claire don't get back together? 
Well, it would be really hard just uh, for the show to follow the two of them because I really feel like the show is about this relationship and I feel like it would be hard to follow that story if they don't get together. But I feel like it's a little bit of a sellout if they do get back together. Yeah, I I think we're going to see them separately. I'm interested to see how they're going to uh, approach it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and Brennan, you did have a question because you emailed one in. Oh. <laughs> you just you forgot, just like Justice Jacobs. Uh, he says he wants us to rank the intrepid, uh, persistent reporter. Oh, good, power good question. Good question. Lucas Goodwin, Kate Baldwin, Zoe Barnes, Janine and Alia. Okay. Boy, uh, Alia really just, they left. Uh, she's just <laughs> got, really got dropped. She got Mendoza. Oh man, you got Mendoza. Uh, <laughs> right. She really did. Yeah. No, Mendo- and then I told you the Mendoza thing. It was like, we'll never hear from Mendoza again. Well, if we might see him next season, if he's running against Frank or whoever for president. Well, we I also felt like they really did a disservice of not covering any part of what the Republicans were doing at the Iowa caucus. Right. Yeah. Like that. I noticed. That. I, like, I mean, I'm not wrong about that. Right. The Republicans are there too in Iowa. I would think it's the same time. Right. I think it's a week after. It's a week after. Yeah. All right. They don't, don't do their Iowa caucus at the same time. They still huh. Yeah. We had no coverage whatsoever. And then on the Republican side, Mendoza is still nowhere to be found. Damn liberal media bias. The liberal media. Even yeah. on Netflix. Okay. Uh, Zoe Barnes is number one. Over Kate Baldwin. Yeah, she's better than Kate Baldwin. All right. Uh, so who, who else we have? We have Kate. We have Lucas. We have Janine. Uh, Janine. Janine uh, is five. She's bottom. <laughs> and uh, uh, Alia. Alia. I think Lucas has got to be four. <laughs> you want to put Lucas at four? Lucas was, you don't remember how bad Lucas okay, was. Okay, we hated Lucas. Season. You uh, need to rewatch some of those episodes. Just see how bad. All right, so Zoe Barnes is one. Kate Baldwin is two. Alia is three. Um, or is it Isla? We never, we never quite figured that out. Okay. Uh, Lucas is four, uh, because he tried to break into an ATT, uh, data center (laughs) and, uh, Janice, uh, well, Janine, Janine is five because she also sucks. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, uh, shout out to Tom Hammerschmidt, the editorial director at the Washington Tribune or whatever. The hammer. Yeah. He drops the hammer. I wish he was, uh, I wish he was still around. All right. So. Should we do MVP, LVP? Well, I have one last question from Scott St. Pierre. He wants to know, all right, so why was Doug so distraught over Rachel's death just a few episodes ago when all uh, he was going to do was going to find her and kill her anyhow? And with this type of rational thinking, I do not want this man as my chief of staff. A little wishy-washy. Yeah, and we, we can go into uh, that Doug's uh, moral dilemma of killing Rachel versus not killing Rachel. And ultimately, he decided to do it uh, after he was going to let her go. That's why I really wish we would have seen the scene where he does it. Like, I want to see if that was a, was that hard for him or did he just kind of like put his head down and do it? And, mm-hmm. and what did he do? Did he, like, did he run over with a car that I, I don't know? Yeah. But, but what, what a tease for Rachel of like, Oh, you you're, you'll be fine. You get to live. And then, uh, psych, just kidding. You got pastored. You're dead. <laughs> yeah. So poor Rachel, oh. poor, poor Rachel. Yeah. Um, I was like screaming though at my iPad about when Doug was going to let her go. I'm like, Doug, this is such a bad, I'm like, I can't take another season of this. What is Rachel doing? You were going to crawl into the screen. Oh my God. I was going to, yeah, write a very strongly worded letter to Netflix on my typewriter of (laughs) what are you doing to me? You're ruining this show Yeah, and sign it with the pen. Yeah. The pen uh, pen really did. That did not play a big factor. No, I, uh, didn't do anything, but he, you know, it's still, I still think this could become a bigger scandal with the, with the lying about the soldier's death, even though it's 
like, this is, people, wake up. This is not a big deal. Like, we lie about covert operations all the time. Yeah. We can't, if we told all our secrets. You yeah. heard it here from Zach Brooks. Yeah. I, I, I know. All right. Yes. I, I mean, I, wow. I kind of know. What do you know? I can't tell you. It's <laughs> just training exercises. All right. Well, we have come so far. We have covered 13 episodes of House of Cards in 13 days. I don't know how we did it, but we did it. Yeah, my head hurts from all this. Yes. Uh, we're going to let it soak in. Yeah. Like sponge. Claire in the bath. We're going to let it all soak in. And then we're going to come out ready for some uh, rough sex with you guys for our feedback show. <laughs> you so can vomit is, on your own time. Yes. Yes. Uh, we're going we're gonna to come out and say, Francis, we are ready. We are ready for you to uh, F us with your questions. Yeah. Robert. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Robert and Zachary. We can use our full names. So with 13 episodes down, we want to hear from you guys. House of Cards at postshowrecaps.com. Um, Zach, fantastic job on 13 episodes of House of Cards in, in 13 days. It's fun. I'm glad we got to do this. Yes, very Look fun. Forward to next year. I want to thank Scott St. Pierre, who was uh, my MVP as far as editing all of these shows. Uh, he really stepped up to the plate and helped us edit 13 episodes of this podcast. Nice. He's your, he's your uh, Doug, Doug Stamper. Yeah. Who was the MVP of the season for you? I, I mean... I think Frank, I still think Frank had a really good season, but if I had to yeah, pick like well, a non-Frank what, what, what Josh Wiggler and I did on the 24, it was like uh, Jack Bauer is exempt from MVP, so you can't give it to Frank. Uh, I'd say Dunbar then. Like, I mean, if you look at what Dunbar did in the last season, like she really was, she didn't have a huge role and, and she really stepped up to the plate and became a big, big character this season. So, I, and you know, it's too bad it either has to be Frank or Dunbar. Yeah, I think it was Claire. Yeah, I, I oh, you just wins the uh, election. Yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, I mean, I, Claire had a great season. I'm just, I, I'm very, very frustrated with Claire at this point. And the LVP, uh, Meacham. No, what? Because he didn't do anything. Yeah, he didn't do anything. Yeah, he did the best he had with what he had to work with. He just keeps talking about jumping in front of a bullet for Frank. Like, let's see it. Jump in front of the bullet. <laughs> well, nobody's shooting at him. It's, well, maybe, maybe Claire will. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I say that I will go with my LVP is Doug. I said it a couple episodes ago. I stand by it. The Doug yeah. storyline did nothing for yeah. me. I, and I said I was going to try to convince you otherwise, but you this, can't. This, I mean, Doug is clearly a very important character. We got a lot of him in the premiere and a lot of him in the finale. So they're trying to tell us something. Yeah. This was a season of Doug and it was the, the worst part of the show. The worst of times. Yes. It was the worst of times. It was not the best of times. <laughs> Um, you know, I've seen a lot as we were watching this. I tried to avoid a lot of articles or anything like, cause I didn't want to see any yeah. spoilers, but I'd still see the headlines and it seemed like, like Grantland and all these other websites were saying they hated this season. Yeah. I don't get that. I thought I overall, I really liked last liked season, season better, but I didn't hate the season, but I get it. It's, it's fun to podcast about it. Yeah. It's, I mean, I guess like if you're just going to watch them all in the first 13 hours that they're out, um, it might not, it might not hit as well, but I feel like what we did, like spacing it out one at a time yeah. and like, uh, and actually and like diving ta- in and, and looking And then at talking him. about what we saw as opposed to just binge watching like it's such a blur. Yeah. Cause I mean, who else is talking besides us? Like who else is talking about House of Cards 13 days after it came out? Like <laughs> people aren't talking about it anymore. And this is why Netflix, if you're listening, like this model doesn't work. I know, I know you think it works, but it doesn't work. I think it does work, but maybe not with this show. It's just, you need people talking about it. You know, when after, after Breaking Bad is on, the next day everybody's talking about it. After Mad Men's on, the next day everybody's talking about it. You know, unless, unless you're us, nobody's talking about House of Cards. Yeah, I wonder if there's like um, a way to do it. Like I feel like um, the, almost like the, the Arrested Development 
uh, even though people didn't love that season of Arrested Development. I feel like the way that that was set up, like I feel like that was very conducive to the Netflix model of binge watching the whole thing, that there was a lot of like, you know, flashback and time and time shifting and like going back and like running gags and stuff like that. I feel like that worked better for for this, where something like I think House of Cards could benefit from, ooh, what's going to happen? What do you think? This was a big moment and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it was like, so we recorded episode 12, a couple days ago. Yeah. And I, when I finished episode 12, I really just wanted to watch the next one. And mm-hmm. I had to wait a couple days because we had to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but I really wanted to watch this finale and I was kind of like, it's kind of killing me not to be able to watch it. Like I think House of Cards is hurt by every single conversation that House of Cards has. Like there's like one person like, oh no, 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 I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Yeah. So it's like, you have like two people that want to talk about it and there's always like a third person. like, oh, oh, oh I'm on season one. No, don't say, don't tell me to stop. It makes it difficult to podcast about it too because it's yeah. like like I've been really trying to avoid spoilers for the last two weeks. We did it though. Yeah. It was, we did it. Cheers to us. Cheers to us. All right. So that's going to do it for House of Cards post show recap for chapter for, for season three. We'll be back with the feedback show to talk about it in about 10 days or so. Yep. And uh, looking forward to it. We have a hashtag for 39. Oh man. Um, Frank's Grinder. Frank's Grinder. How about Rachel P. Van? <laughs> Is that Rachel, just the letter P or P-E-E? P-E-E. I like that. All right. Rachel P. Van. (laughs) Rachel P. Van. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Thank you, Brendan, for being a great uh, producer, fact checker for us here today. Thank you, Zach Brooks. And uh, very nice to podcast you in person. Yeah, this is great. It's a lot of fun. Let's do it again. All right. Let's do it again. Uh, Here we go. Feedback show coming up next. (laughs) 